Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to the Savage Fast Podcast, presented by Touchpoints. I'm your host, Blake Level with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Freakin. We're back here for part two of our uh, 2022 fantasy football primer for the 2022 NFL season. And uh, if you missed part one, go check that one out first. Uh, that's the most recent episode we did, and uh, lots of discussion in there looking at the different tiers, uh, you know, top tiers really of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Also, our breakout candidates. Which there may be some overlap when we talk about uh, our breakout candidate, some of the sleepers uh, that we'll go through here. But we will discuss in this episode a little more about uh, sleeper picks, um, looking at ADP, and uh, as I've always, I always hyped Dylan, you know, just like I did in the last episode, the player we're going to regret drafting and the player we're not going to regret drafting. Um, so that's always a fun discussion. So um, I mean, let's jump in, Dylan. Yeah. We got a lot to get to. I mean, like we said there, I mean, we talked about the breakout candidates, and there were a lot of guys in there. Um, you know, I'm trying to think like if we, I guess we can kind of, we don't have to go by every position, but this just more be a, a general, um, just guys you throw out there. I think we talked about like from a quarterback standpoint, if you're looking at it like sleeper wise, I think Derek Carr is certainly a good value at 15. Like I said, we're, we're looking at fantasy pros. We're looking at sort of the tiers right now. He'd be ranked as the 15th uh, mm-hmm. best quarterback. I'd probably put him in that group because I think he could be you know, again, knowing what he has around him uh, now with Devontae Adams there. I mean, I think, I mean, like we said, Trey Lance, I mean, he is like the ultimate probably, you know, he's a breakout candidate, but at the same time, it's like if he if he can be as good as he, you know, could be in that offense, I mean, he's a, you know, someone that could certainly move yeah. up that list too. Beyond that, like sleeper picks, uh, do you want me to go back to my guy Daniel Jones here? Like I'll, <laughs> I'll say him at these, you know, he's way down the list, but – I mean, you know, I don't know if we put Trevor Lawrence in that category because, I mean, we kind of put him as the breakout guy. So that's where you just – it's a wording thing. It's just how do you kind of differentiate <laughs> those guys. So Yeah, there's there's some merging and blending of breakout candidates and, and sleepers. Sleepers, at least, I try to think of it as guys that are uh, quite literally what the term would mean, like the people are sleeping on the value that yeah. it exists. So yeah. it might not be someone that's super low necessarily. Like you said, I think Derek Carr is a good example because – uh, also touching on a theme that we always touch on in the second um, part of our fantasy primer in terms of if you have a lot of high ADP, high value receivers, someone has to be throwing them the ball. Someone has to be get, racking up those fantasy stats. It all correlates and the same vice versa. If you see a, a top end quarterback and uh, the receiver, the receivers that he has aren't uh, too high on the on the list, then you probably are going to get some value there. So I think Carr is a perfect example. We talked about Waller and Devontae on our, on our uh, top tier one list for receivers and tied think about some of the other guys that they have in in vegas yeah i think for sure that that's pretty solid value i feel like you're going to feel pretty good week in and week out with um what you're going to get from Derek carr even with some of the tougher teams i you know maybe their offensive line if you have some concerns about it possibly regressing a bit but i think he's 
on the quarterback side, a good sleeper pick. Like you said, Lawrence is tough because we, I think of him more as a breakout. Maybe people are slightly sleeping on him given his his uh, ranking here at 18th, as we've talked about. Uh, Daniel yeah. Jones would be a, a massive one for sure. I, you know, just in terms of the guys deep down the list, I, it's some of the offenses I'm a little concerned about overall. So. They might have some spurts where Jones runs for a couple, as long as he doesn't trip and fall at the two-yard line, maybe he'll run for a couple touchdowns every now and then. I can see him in that range. But, yeah, uh, maybe it's a little tougher to, to think about the, the uh, quarterbacks here because I, I feel like some guys, people are trying to jump on people like Trey Lance, as we talked about last episode. So it's I wouldn't define him necessarily as a sleeper given the hype that and his fantasy value being ahead of guys like Aaron Rodgers in particular. You're going to think I'm nuts here, but I think there's another guy. It's not just the hard knocks effect, okay? But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got some weapons to work with. Like, Jared Goff, he, he doesn't lack options here on this offense, and he's all the way down there. Like, he's one of your bottom-tier starters for sure. Um, again, I wouldn't uh, – you're not, you know, you're not going out and targeting Jared Goff. But, again, I, I do think it's like, okay, if we're looking at guys like that that we think that Jameson Williams uh, – a St. Brown, you know, Hawkinson should be one of the best tight ends. Like you just said, somebody has to be thrown to those guys. Um, and if they're going to put up numbers to support that, I think it's interesting to think about. So um, he'd be at the bottom of that sleeper category because, again, <laughs> not someone you're going to target, but uh, I don't I don't know. That's, that's worst-case scenario, although I don't think you would look at him as a worst option because I think there's potential there for him to exceed expectations. Um, all right, the money positions that everyone, uh, you know, focuses on. We talk about quarterback, but – Obviously, when you look at, um, you know, this running back wide receiver tier, you know, I mean, there's so many different guys you could you could go with in, in these spots. Um, I'm sure we mentioned some of them already in part one. Um, I mean, man, I, it's like where do you even start with this, Dylan? I mean, there's there's a lot of guys you could probably put into the conversation uh, here when you're looking at it from that standpoint. I'm going down the list here and I'm like, hmm. I mean, I, we, we talked about, like, Javante Williams yesterday. Like, he's someone, I, I guess, you know, that you could – but I don't know how much of a sleeper he is because he's, like, a top yeah. 15 guy. Um, I'll I'll stick with my usual. You know who I'm going to mention. Dave Montgomery as a as a potential option as another sort of sleeper guy. Um, you know, just it all depends on that offense. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, like, I'm looking at this. I say there's a lot of options, but I'm like, man, there's – I think it's it's the usual group of guys where you're like a Kareem Hunt, a Tony Pollard. Like these are guys that, you know, obviously move into bigger roles yes. should there be injuries and those kind of things. So, and they're still going to have standalone value. I think themselves, they're not going to be, you know, winning you. I think the league in terms of putting up a ton of numbers every single week. But these are guys that are going to have a lot of value there. You know, I, I said again, I said there's a lot of guys here, but I'm like, I, I guess. I would probably go by default, given what the and I looked this up earlier. The Chiefs' depth chart at running back is not that deep, um, and so like Clyde Edwards Edwards Hilaire, I feel like by default he's going to have an option to really put up some numbers just in that offense too. Maybe how that changes. So I'm looking at guys that maybe are in that 30 to you know 40 range that that could be in that category you know i don't say i love all of them but those are the kind of guys i'd be looking at as sleepers yeah it's a it's there's a lot of options here um in terms of not all good not all good it's just you're really you know i like you talked about javante williams i think he's more maybe the unlike the quarterback uh section i think there's maybe a little more of a break off here where i can actually see all right this is a breakout candidate this guy is not really necessarily being 
totally slept on. Even with David Montgomery, I think maybe people are sleeping a bit on his value, but I think, like you mentioned, maybe he fits in that other category. If I'm looking at, yeah, and here I'm looking at like guys that, I mean, you're getting to a point in the draft probably where you've already kind of have settled in with your top two running backs, top three potentially. And you're looking at guys that have a chance to take that big jump or at least that are, you know, are dramatically going to outplay their ADP. Uh, one that at least feels like is, uh, was a consistent and not trying to react too much to the preseason, but this is a team that doesn't have a ton of overall uh, talent and, uh, and different guys. Um, look at Damian Pierce from the Texans, potentially. He's pretty deep down this list. I think he's at 43 on, on uh, Fantasy Pros. This is a guy that's, at, by most indications, from uh, the beat writers there, from what we've seen are quickly with that team. There's a chance that he's going to end up being a pretty featured back for them. Um, not necessarily an offensive line that I'm going to say is going to be like absolutely dominant. Uh, there's a lot of projections, uh, depending on where you look, have them as a bottom five offensive line. But I do think he's a guy that has early on proven that he's probably going to get a lot of carries and outplay that 43 rank there. Um, I know another guy on a team with an offensive line that might be the worst in the league, Khalil Herbert with the Bears. I think he's pretty deep down this list but you could see him having a pretty big role for that team over the course of the year uh the dolphins are a tougher one because i just don't know exactly how it's all going to pan out and health-wise a big thing but raheem Mostert at 45 if you know if mike mcdaniel gets that offensive line in a better place i think he has a shot um to, to actually uh, produce decently well and the, one of the big probably the one number one guy that's down this list really deep that seems again uh, just given his value what uh, some of the early things being said, not just in not just in the preseason game, but in the practices with the with the Washington Commanders. Brian Robinson at sixty. I mean, if you want to get a guy that's pretty deep down this list with players around him that I just don't know what their snap shares are really going to look like, I think there's a shot that he by the end of the season ends up dr- dramatically outplaying that spot. So those are some deep, maybe deeper sleepers um, than what I uh, initially thought I might look at going into this, but. Yeah, I think those are some guys, at least right now, I'm looking at as uh, with potential. Um, uh, I already kind of touched on this, the Patriots running backs. I just worry with them on the last episode with uh, Harrison Stevenson in terms of just who's going to really be getting week to week um, the carries. It's just always the tough thing. And the other one is with Seattle. I know I mentioned Rashad Penny and even uh, Kenneth Walker. And, you know, Seattle's offense line, they have retooled a bit, but I still, they still not, I, you know, last episode I was thinking, I, I'm top, off the top of my head, I was like, I think they're going to be decent there. It's like most, <laughs> I looked into it, and most of the people I trust that uh, evaluate offensive line tape well do not <laughs> look at Seattle as having the best unit. So that, that makes me hesitate a bit. But, yeah, those are some, some deeper guys on this list. All right, wide receiver group. Um you know, another one that I think that's you just keep going down this list and, you know, you could just keep going and going and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy looks good at 60 something. And, um, <laughs> you know, there is, there is like this is one. And, and look, I mean, Christian Watson, I brought him up on the previous episode. I think you could certainly put him into that sleeper group in terms of, you know, playing with Aaron Rodgers. And I think those are the kind of guys you're certainly going to identify as, as possible options here. Um and, you know, I mean, you talk about just in terms of speed and that kind of stuff that he's going to bring to the table. I think he's certainly one I would not be able to leave, you know, off yeah. this list, and you know, just based on, again, the situation he's in, too. Um, I think, you know, as I said, the, the Chiefs group is interesting to me, but I just I don't know. Like, you know, I talked about Juju Smith-Schuster as like a breakout guy, but he could also technically, I guess, be a sleeper. 
uh, depending on what his value winds up being. And I don't, I'm I'm not willing to go to like someone like you know Marquez Valdez Scantling just yet. Um, yeah. That's kind of one of those where I I'd like to wait and see before anything happens there. Um, you know, I guess kind of looking at the rest of the group here. I mean, there's a guy like Devonta Smith that's way down there a bit. Like he's probably in that. You know, I don't even know what. Like he's you know wide receiver mm-hmm. three territory, I suppose, but. Again, we, we talk about the Eagles. I think they'll be one of the most improved teams. I think offensively, certainly having A.J. Brown there, that takes some of the pressure, too, off of Devontae Smith, knowing that teams are going to have to really focus elsewhere. I'd put him in that group. Um, I guess for the, what, fifth consecutive season, Alan Lazard's probably going to make a lot of yeah. sleeper lists, too. Um, you know, Lazard and, and Watson, the, the duo in Green Bay, um, that's probably something that you'll certainly see a lot I think um, so. Yeah, I think those are you know several guys there. I think that Green Bay duo, Devonta Smith, that's kind of the ones that I was looking at. Like I said, I, I think you could put the Chiefs guys in there, the wide receiver group, but I just don't. I think right now it's like you don't really know how that's going to pan out. So I think yeah. it makes it a little harder to pick an individual guy. But I do think it's something to keep in the back of your mind, uh, knowing that again, there's no Tyree Kill. Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's guys like that, you know, as we always say, I mean, a, a Sky Moore, right? Like someone like mm-hmm. that, that, that maybe winds up being, you know, uh, someone like a Christian Watson is for Green Bay. So it's it's those kind of guys that I probably look at. Those are, yeah, definitely two offenses you have to keep in mind, just given what the, the value of what Rodgers and Mahomes can do and the fact that when you look at these ADPs, it just doesn't match up in particular with the Packers, but even with – the Chiefs with how low some of these guys are like someone's going to be getting these yards I think yeah I know Lazard like you said has been mentioned on these lists a lot of times I think this year in particular given the role they want him to play and not you know obviously without Devontae Adams it's really going to open some things up how much Christian Watson and Romeo Dabbs uh, even Sammy Watkins Randall Cobb all these guys could definitely uh, cut into that but I think that yeah where they want to use Lazard how they want to open him up I think that, that his role is going to take a step forward so I think he outplays ADP by how much that's a tougher question uh, we already talked about Juju before I do think that still being slept on a bit with his tier given the value and what he does well and how that fits in talked about that in the last episode with the Chiefs offense deeper ones though um Man, I'm, I'm scrolling down the list. One one guy, another another Pierce um, with the with the Colts, Alex Pierce or Alec Pierce. And, uh, one uh, another rookie. I, I know it's always kind of tough with rookies, and if you look at it historically, like yeah, a lot of some of these guys look great in the preseason, but the stats still aren't like on average fantastic for for rookies, even even the first round, let alone uh, deeper in the drafts. But Alec Pierce does fit the billing. Big dude. 6'3", um, he's really fast for, for that size and how they want to use him in, in Indianapolis. I think there's a chance that he dramatically outplays. Let me even see where his ADP is at this point. Um, I mean, he's all the way 86, yeah. So, I mean, like, I mm. when I'm looking at some of the guys around him, yeah, there's, like, I like Isaiah McKenzie and Braxton Berrios, and these players have value to their teams. But from a fantasy point of view, Man, I just don't. I don't think they're going to have the same potential that Alec does in terms of what they might be able to do there. Uh, I know that Dallas is one that I'm curious about. Obviously, Michael Gallup's health. He's already said he's going to be out week one. He's pretty deep down the list. Jalen Tolbert has had kind of mixed reviews, uh, some negative reviews with how he's played in camp. So I might shy away from them. But someone, uh, I feel like another second option in Dallas is going to have to. Maybe it's Dalton Schultz on the tight end front that ends up really elevating his spot. But I think someone is going to be getting. 
uh, a lot of those uh, receptions and not to not to go too far in the well with the Texans, but Nico Collins, another guy, someone's going to be having to catch those balls. They're going to be throwing a lot from down, and all indications are his target share is going to really, you know, I, I get scared again with picking guys on offenses I don't trust, <laughs> but his target share should put him past this group, but where he is at 61, only other one rookie flyer. And, you know, if you look at just purely uh, training camp and, and – um, preseason takeaways uh george pickens is apparently going to be the next great receiver in the league i you know trying to slow down a bit on that mm-hmm. um on that hype train but i do think with his skill set and how he might fit into what pittsburgh has like to do and they have it they do have a history of picking really well uh, in the second round with receivers a lot of the guys that they've had over the fa- past few years and even deeper in drafts they they really do know how to find them i think so i i think pickens at 65 uh, you know Again, we're getting to a point, just like the running backs, where you should have your established guys. Now you're picking guys that have a chance to take that step or filling it against a good or a bad defense and you feel like they have a solid matchup. Um, these are all guys I think have potential, at least. You're drafting a little more on potential at this point, a little flyer range, and I think some of these guys could eventually outplay their spots. Joshua Palmer, the last one, another one, Chargers offense. You know, I know Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are going to get a ton of targets and Austin Eckler, but I think Josh Palmer is a guy that you'll probably see in some of these uh, other fantasy lists in terms of potentially having a, a, a bigger role in everything they were saying about him. I, I could see his targets outweighing where he is currently on his uh, draft status at 70, wide receiver 70. Is it time to make Julio Jones a sleeper? <laughs> I never oh thought we'd goodness. get to that point, but uh, no, I – I think that's an interesting group, too, like we said. I mean, we, we talked about Godwin kind of being further down the list than you would expect, but coming back from a injury, yeah. you know a very significant injury. Uh, then you've got, you know, you've got Julio Jones, you've got Russell Gage, um, guys like that that um, I think it's just a matter of, you know, how many how many miles can you feed in that, that mm-hmm. offense. Um, right. And we know that Godwin and Evans are going to be the top two. But we always say, you know, you never know, kind of with an injury situation, maybe Godwin's not the player that he was before. And yeah. could a Gage or could a Julio make a – a huge return to the top of the fantasy. He's not going to be at the top of the fantasy, but um, we'll see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite go there. But again, you know what I'm. You know what I'm gravitating towards. I'm gravitating towards good offenses, and um, so that's always things to think about. All right, let's keep rolling through here. Um, the next one we look at, Dylan. Uh, that's uh, quarterback, wide receivers, or tight ends who play with the high ADP guys, but are undervalued themselves. You always explain kind of the idea behind this. Um, and kind of what the, you know, we've talked about sort of the, we kind of mentioned it already, just sort of the, the combination you need uh, for a wide receiver tight end to put up numbers. Well, they're not throwing the ball to themselves. Um, so that is something to kind of look at when you look at guys maybe that fit this category. Yeah, exactly. Kind of touch on it, like going into the sleepers in terms of how that, that, that idea works. Um, I think, you know, mentioned some of the receivers in particular for Kansas City and and the Packers that have a chance to dramatically outplay their current spots given what I expect. I I don't think Rodgers is going to finish at fantasy 12 for quarterbacks as he's currently listed. Um, You know, with Mahomes at three, you're going to have a lot of guys are going to be catching those passes. Juju for sure is going to be on that list in my opinion. But it goes both ways, right? And I think you mentioned on the last episode that not to not to sleep on Kirk Cousins. Um, he seems to be pretty consistent year in and year out. And I think given where Justin Jefferson is and where that whole uh, that team itself looks like it's going to be on offense and what uh, Kevin O'Connell is trying to bring in there, I think he's a good example. Derek Carr exactly fits the billing with the, the high end, with the Devontae Adams, with, with Waller and, and Renfro and all those guys. 
you know, if they're going to be getting those finishing top 10, top five in their, at their positions in fantasy, Carr's going to have some pretty big numbers that are probably going to outplay his current spot. Um, yeah, in terms of looking at other guys, I mean, we, we mentioned Gabriel Davis with Buffalo and, and general. Uh, there's a chance there. I think Bateman for, for Lamar, obviously a lot of Lamar's fantasy value is his rushing ability, but I still think Bateman has a chance to have a pretty big year. So probably a guy whose ADP isn't going to match really his target share. I think if he's as long as he's on the field, he's going to be getting a ton of uh, looks. Devontae Smith kind of fits in that billing with Jalen Hurts, as you talked about and touched on earlier. So, yeah, there's a number of guys that uh, fit in here. Um, in particular, though, I think the Packers and Chiefs receivers, those are ones that – those guys are going to put up numbers, man. And I, I you know, yep. they lost their number one weapon. Someone's replacing those target shares. Maybe both teams are going to run the ball more. I think that both teams have said that. And obviously it's a big function of, of the Shanahan offense that LaFleur runs. Um, so, I, I, you know, they still obviously have superstar quarterbacks. So they're not going to take away too many of their opportunities. But maybe that is part of it. Maybe people think that they're going to be a little more of a rushing team. Maybe that contributes to a drop-off especially in the red zone in particular for the Packers and same with the Chiefs the Chiefs have a full-on really good offensive line um I you know there's no reason you know no reason not to make life a little bit easier for Mahomes if they can at the same time still want to not (laughs) take uh, too many opportunities away from your superstar um other guys to even kind of mention in this range I guess you could look uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, maybe this is properly rated for Joe Burrow, but the fact that he has two receivers that you mentioned that could end up in, like, top six (laughs) fantasy, like that in itself feels like maybe he elevates to a tier one fantasy quarterback, I think, with their offensive line improved. That's one where the the ADPs that are going for the receivers, not a lot of guys have two receivers that are in the top 11 as they currently do with Jamar at three and T. Higgins at 11 on fantasy pros. That combination, I mean – it's it's similar to like you know maybe the cheat or one team that actually does have it correlated pretty well for me is the, the Chargers in terms of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams pretty high up, obviously Herbert pretty high up. That one makes sense, um, but maybe maybe a little maybe a little more value there for Joe Burrow than even initially off the top of my head it looked like looking at the the rankings right now. All right, our underrated and overrated players based on their their current ADP, and this is uh, again this is one that certainly can tie into some of the the sleeper stuff we talked about but we haven't really gotten into the overrated uh, necessarily just yet but we start with underrated um i mean you know i i kind of have a a small list of guys that i think that like i said i mean you know i'm high on a guy like gabriel davis with the bills once again gravitating towards a a a very you know high scoring offense um he is his average draft position right now 71 which again i mean i think that's we're not talking about moving him up into the the 20s or anything but um i think he could you know certainly given what we saw at the end of last year i would i would put him in that category um you know other guys i guess if you're looking down the list here um i mean it's I don't know like it's there's there's some interesting choices here like we talked about Aaron Rodgers I mean again I'm not saying he's gonna you know be perfect but we talked about him being like QB 12 and it's those kind of things that you think about too and um so I wonder that I mean you know those are I guess a couple guys but there's this is a very long list I mean we could put some of those those undervalued guys the sleeper guys certainly in there too you talked about Kirk Cousins um, you know, th- these are quarterback-based guys, but if you're looking more at the running back, wide receiver, 
um, type groups. I mean, I guess is there is there anyone else that kind of stands out to you? Because we've talked about some of them. Um, it's just, you know, again, it's like a, a Travis Etienne. He's like 40, I think. I don't know that he's going to burst into that, you know, top tier of running mm-hmm. backs by any means, but he could could be a breakout player. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, I think David Montgomery, I know we've, we keep hitting on him, but he, I was just looking at where he finished in previous seasons. Uh, it just doesn't match up with his, I think he's like the 19th running back here, uh, or uh, 33rd maybe on this When I Oh, no, that's Devin Singletary getting these. Uh, those names confuse there for a sec, but yeah, he was around 19 if I remember on the on the running back list. He's finished at least in PPR in the top 15 the last two seasons, including eighth a couple of years ago. So I mean, like that just doesn't seem to match up. I know we're down on the Bears, but and, and their offensive line, but it still feels like there's some value for where you'd be getting him um, in terms of other guys. Uh, I, I do think it, underrated ADP wise, maybe it's still just hesitating because we know how many targets Cooper Cup's going to get. I've touched on Allen Robinson as a p- possible breakout star in fantasy. I really do believe that he, he could outplay that that wide receiver twenty four ADP pretty significantly. Even Amari Cooper in Cleveland at twenty six. I mean, they I don't necessarily really trust all the receivers they have around him, and I think that what he brings to what Cleveland wants to do. As long as he's on the field, there, and that goes for all these guys, I think he could dramatically outplay that position, even with whoever's going to be quarterback if they trade for Jimmy G, if, if Deshaun gets suspended the whole year, no matter what it is. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, there's I'm scrolling down. There's a lot of guys that could do it. Um, it's just you're, it's so much projecting at this point. I wouldn't say they're necessarily like overly underrated. The, the Seattle guys, for example, it's it's tough to know what's going to happen with Metcalf and Lockett. Some people might argue Metcalf's a little high up, given what we think of that receiving offense. I don't. I think it's okay. Um, so I still think he's such a big, uh, great target that's going to be able to grab a lot of passes yeah. in contested situations. So, not too worried about him. I know that we've talked a decent amount about Traylon Burks. If they even come close to featuring him in a way that, that the Titans featured A.J. Brown, he will outplay being ADP 101, 43rd receiver off the board here. So, um, those are some I that I feel like have a, a pretty decent chance to outplay it. Cole Komet is one that maybe cracks that top tight end, yeah. top 10 tight end list. Forgot to mention him, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he's like going to be dramatically outplaying his ADP given his uh, position, but I think he has a chance at least. Him and Pat Fryermuth, I love those guys. They're fun to watch. Yeah. And I just think that they're maybe, yeah, maybe they're just a little deeper and that's some good value if you end up having to wait for your tight end a bit. You can be like, all right, maybe this guy will be end up being in that top 10 uh, kind of range. All right. Who's overrated? Um, uh, Got to be negative now. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, we do. I mean, we, we, all, we, we try to keep this to a minimum, but there are just guys that, you know, you want to stay away from. I don't know if this is going to be fair, Dylan, but <laughs> I, I just don't know about Saquon Barkley. Like, it's it's one of those <laughs> things where I think it's, uh, again, we remember how good this guy was, and I think there's a lot of people that are predicting him to have a huge bounce-back season. I just I think I'm still in wait-and-see mode on that. Um and he's what RB twelve at the moment. Yeah. Uh, ADP's nineteen. I just don't think I could do it. Um, but then again, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I could say the same thing for like a guy like Aaron Jones, who's you know running back thirteen probably. And I because I feel like again maybe the Packers lean on him a little more with the wide receiver group, but I just don't think so. I still think it's we know what you're gonna get from that offense, and I just think there are things that I'm not sure about. 
in terms of maybe what. I mean, look, A.J. Dillon's kind of, we know, has kind of pushed his way into that that picture too, and I think that's something you, you think about. Um, but I think Jones will probably still score just because they'll be in the red zone, so maybe I'm, I'm kind of overplaying that one. But I would put Saquon Barkley on the list. <laughs> I hate to do it, but um, he is someone I'd put on there. I mean, I'm looking at some of these other guys. We talked about Kyle Pitts before. We got nothing against Kyle Pitts, but, you know, if you're looking at, like, ADP, he's yeah. going ahead of Patrick Mahomes, and I think we kind of talked about that. If I'm in that position where I'm deciding am I going to take my tight end or my quarterback, and it's between Kyle Pitts or Patrick Mahomes, I'm probably going to take Mahomes. Um, you know, and then you got T. Higgins, like a guy like that's right behind that. So it's like I just – I know the target's going to be there, and we always talk about volume and how important it is, but I just – I don't know. Like, I'm <laughs> – I struggle with that one too. So yeah. there, there's a couple of my guys, Saquon Barkley – Kyle Pitts, um, probably both set for monster seasons, um, <laughs> mentioning that uh, in that category. And here's another one I'm going to say, too. Like, the Seattle offense, period. Like, I, I just – I know that yeah. they're going to have to – they're going to have to throw the ball, right? They're, they're going to be DK, mm-hmm. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They're going to have to be involved. But, uh, Dylan, there's no way I'm drafting anyone in this Seattle Seahawks offense this year if I can help it. So. Tough time trusting them. I know I've talked about the running backs. If anything, if there could be some value there because someone has to get those opportunities. But yeah, just given how far they are down, I'm not going to say they're necessarily overrated. But that's I, I kind of touched on DK for a sec. But I I'm also skeptical. Yeah. Um, looking down the list, oh man, I don't. I, I'm going to start with a couple guys that I feel like I want and have been, and I feel like I'm like committing treason or something by talking about this one guy because he's been such a big part of my fantasy teams for years since I traded for him as a rookie and almost won our clutch points league and now still have people that work for clutch points that claim that I stole him but um Alvin Kamara I do worry about their offensive line it it, they've lost some big pieces he also last year took a step back in terms of just not just his own um time on the field and and sometimes at, at points targets compared to how heavy it was before but they just he didn't look like exactly the same guy, but their offensive line right now, at least uh, depending on where you look, some places, uh, this, I'm looking at the USA Today list from the huddle, they have their uh, the Saints at 26th offensive line. I know they're still going to incorporate him into that into that passing game. I just have concerns, of, and I, he already has fallen a bit to, to you know given where he had been in previous years to so the 10th running back. Um, but I, that's one that I have concerns with. One that I don't, I feel like I I was last year I picked him as a breakout. I wouldn't say that he was a breakout by any means or a sleeper. Was DeAndre Swift? I think the Lions' offensive line has a chance to be really good. I just still, I you know, it's the Lions, and I uh, you know I think that with that offensive line, it might open up some things that they want to do in the passing game a little bit more. So I, I have some questions of if I'm if I feel how if I've somehow have like the the tenth pick in my draft or whatever it is, and uh, everyone's just going heavy running back. Am I really going to take? swift there above some of these other guys in that range i don't know like you have Diggs, Devonte adams going after him i personally would have a tough or even i know you mentioned we talked about aaron jones but i think with their offensive line i think his value is going to be okay there so it's just one that i i hope i'm wrong because he's he's a guy i love to watch um he's one that i i like i, I just at this point and I, I know he just is coming back from injury but i feel like jk dobbins a similar young guy with a really good offensive line i just feel better about what Dobbins and he's much deeper in this draft so that's one that uh at least at the top end players I don't want to get too 
overly negative. Maybe I can find a receiver that's really high up <laughs> that I can say some some bad things about it. But I feel pretty good about that top seven, eight, nine group. I mean, maybe you could say that if you just really don't believe in Tua, that Tyreek's not going to be a, a wide receiver nine um, as he is currently at 25th overall. Maybe yeah. he, uh, you know, I, I might feel better about a guy like T. Higgins at this point, really, if I could get him a, a bit deeper in the draft. So uh, beyond that, though, I still think it's tough to pass on him. But I, I just think here's a chance he's a little overrated still. He's, he's similar to what we talked about with Kamara, where he's kind of like dropped off where his ADP used to be, but hasn't gone down enough to really account for uh, where he's going to be at uh, by the end of it. Um yeah, that's that's probably you know if I go down the list too far, then it's like this guy's already pretty far down the list, and I'm going to say he should be worse. I don't want to be too <laughs> overly negative on any of these players, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of maybe another one. I just off he's maybe in that range where he is deeper down. Um, I, I kind of mentioned how I think Brian Robinson could end up being having a bigger role in Washington. I think Antonio Gibson maybe. I know he struggled with yeah. fumbles and just some of his advanced stats in terms of expected yards after contact and stuff aren't all fantastic that's a team that um we look at their offensive line kind of middle of the pack so that that part at least helps but he's maybe one where i'm still i'm kind of skeptical compared to the range of guys around him i'm feeling a little bit better about some of the other players i could get in that range underrated i know that one more underrated to throw in i know they have a running back by committee but miles sanders at 27 i don't know i i feel like maybe there's a chance that he has a, a bit better performance than that by the way, I was going to mention Aaron Jones again. My thought on him is there's two schools of thought. It's either you think he's going to be so much more involved because none of the wide receivers are going to step up and be what Rodgers needs and they get him way more involved <laughs> in the passing game and they try to run the ball more. Or, like I said, or it's A.J. Dillon just continuing to kind of maybe eat into some of those, yeah. uh, you know, the volume a bit. And I think that's, that's why a, for yeah. – yeah, and that's why for me when I look at where he's at, it's not that I would call him – probably by the by the term he's not overrated but i think it's i would probably be i would hesitate a little bit more just because of that um because i I think there are you know there are more questions surrounding the packers offense this year than there have been in a good while and and i think that's maybe the fair way to put it um although we just assume that aaron Rodgers will have it all figured out he'll make new stars and and that will be that (laughs) but um but yeah i'm very curious to see how they use him so again maybe i wouldn't go full-blown overrated but I would maybe hesitate a little bit on Aaron Jones in terms yeah. of where he's being drafted that. So um, just to kind of see how that plays out. All right, we'll wrap up with um, our favorite part here. The player we are going to regret draft gra- drafting and the player we're going to regret not drafting. Oh, so we, this is where we narrow it down, Dylan. We have to pick one each, and that is what we will do for each of these categories. So rather than you know do what we always do and um, you know kind of just name an entire group, we have to pick one guy for each category that we're going to look at and say um, the player we're going to regret drafting here. I mean, I guess we get the negative stuff out of the way first, right? So, um, all right, I'm going to pick my player that I would regret, that I think I'm going to regret drafting. And, oh, boy, this is this is one where, like, we have to – we kind of have to call out the big guns here. Like, we have to call out some of the, the top-tier players, I think. You can't – you know, we can't go down the list and say I'm going to regret drafting my second-tier tight end. Um Oh man, this is a tough one. If you've got yours, you can jump in. But like, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking. I've for really a sec. thought about this, but because again, I know me, and like some of these guys, I'm not going to draft anyway. So I'm like, I'm not going to regret <laughs> drafting this guy because I'm not going to draft him. Um, but but I will say this: if if he's there 
and like I see him. <laughs> you just mentioned him. I like I'm gonna look at the name and be like, all right, I know what he can do. I know what he's capable of. <sighs> Tyree Kill, man. I, I think <laughs> I think he's the guy because yeah. I think my mind is gonna immediately go to what I know he can be. And I just I tell you, I just don't I don't know how big that drop off's gonna be with Tua running the show. Um I just I think that's the guy, Dylan. I hate to say that because he's he's on my fantasy winning league last year, but yep. the circumstances have changed so much. And remember, there's there's a lot of options there too in Miami, um, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I think it's gonna be Tyree Kill. So I think that's one of the best choices in terms of like the potential for it just to not yeah. work in the same way. Like, you know, I, again, he is deeper. Uh, you know, he's not the top five receiver like he has been in recent years in fantasy uh, ADP. But, oh, uh, man, there's a let's chance. Let's think about this real quickly. <laughs> let's think about this. Tyreek Hill ADP right now average 21. I'm going to go back to this guy we mentioned the other day. Like T. Higgins is down there at 34. Like, let's say, you know, you make that choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's when you really look back. Like yep. these are the guys that are behind Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, um, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, um, T. Higgins. You know that's a that's a pretty good group of guys yeah. there. So that's why I think I would make that choice. I think know. it's I think you you pick probably the best one here that has the potential to really blow up. I the one like like you said like one that I, if I'm really being honest about who I'm probably not going to take anyway it's a guy like Saquon even with the potential yeah. for him it's like I'm not going to probably take him one guy I probably would take really uh, I'm trying to I always try to look at for this exercise like first second round picks really like not yeah. too much further down and that's exactly like where Tyreek would end up probably at this end of the second round in most of my leagues um jeez um <laughs> I we talked a little bit I mean, I, I already just kind of touched on Swift and Kamara. I, they kind of do both fit. I mean, Kamara, I, 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 again, would probably try to target a guy behind him, so maybe I shouldn't say that. I mean, one that if I had, like, a top – say I have the eighth pick, and if I could see myself – and this almost ties in both of these, who I'm going to regret drafting who I'm going to regret not drafting. <laughs> say that Najee Harris is there at number eight. They take the, mm-hmm. Nick Chubb at number seven – the other in some order you have Mixon, cook uh mccaffrey henry eckler taylor going obviously taylor first i could feel like i would ultimately end up taking Najee harris because i always really like getting that running back first but then i look back and i see justin jefferson or cooper cup and probably yeah. justin jefferson is the guy i would take first just having a ridiculous season and then i'm like i look at Najee and he's like fine but for rb1 given where he's at with the other guys just given that offensive line even though the volumes there just doesn't end up putting up a number that really reflects that where you wanted that value at the top of the draft so i'll say Najee, not to be i hope he has a good year i really do and if i end up with him in fantasy i'll be rooting hard for him but i think there's a chance and that kind of coincides with but yeah for the next one i'll say the guys or guy i would most regret not drafting is probably justin jefferson because i think he has a chance to he's been already amazing in fantasy but if i end up taking one of these running backs and not get him and he goes off for a year that's Cooper Cup-esque, you know, even though Justin Jefferson Hardy's had his own fantastic years. I think how they plan to use him, again, he's – it's just going to – I think it's really going to set up things for him. He was such a good blocker at LSU. I think he does fit, even if he's not as big as Cooper. I still think he's fits well in, 
into that role and how they want to envision using him, what he's already proven he can do. He's a guy I'll be looking back on and be like, how did I not freaking take Justin Jefferson um, in the first with my first round pick there? Yeah, I think that's a good choice um, for sure. So, all right. I've narrowed this down to a couple different guys, <laughs> and uh, I've got to pick one, right? So, um, and it, there's a theme here. Um, the 49ers, we talked about the Niners, and it's like, I think there's always going to be that hesitation with Kyle Shanahan because we've always talked about like the running back by committee and those kind of things and um, trying to figure that part out. No, I'm not going running back here, but I think the two guys I've narrowed this down to that I feel like I'm going to look back on and say, man, I should have drafted mm-hmm. those guys. Trey Lance is one of them. Yeah. I, 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 yes. I'm i on board now. <laughs> like, I'm on board. Um, I think Trey Lance is a guy that, again, it, but again, we talk about that in relation to where he will be drafted. Um, we said he's pretty high on that group right now. Like, he's your 13th quarterback being drafted in terms yep. of the averages at the moment. Um, I think he could be that guy. I think George Kittle, because I know it's going to sound crazy, right? Like, we talked about this. Um, you know, if you're presented there with that opportunity of, like, a Pitts versus Kittle situation, and, you know, if for some reason, you know, you, you go another route, which I know this it's not a, a great answer, but it's like I think he's someone, too, that I feel like could be the top guy on the board by the mm-hmm. end of the season uh, yeah. at that position. And I'm even, you know, I'm putting Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews in that category, which we talked about tight end group is a very, you know, interesting group there in terms of there's only going to be so many spots you can go. Um, and then it's kind of there, there's a big cutoff point at that. Um, I think it's the 49ers offense. Like that's, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm buying too much into this and maybe Trey Lance turns out to be a total bust, but um and I know I'm picking two there, but like I, yeah, I've yeah. kind of narrowed it down to like that combination. I guess is like um, making that my choice. Uh, but I, I think given the opportunity that's going to be available in the offense, um, maybe I'll make Trey Lance my pick. Um, I like I it. That. I, I'm, I, a little, I'm a little scared with that, but the reason I'm going to pick him my choice. The reason that I think that one's really good is there have been, and I have one in particular where I would have won a fantasy league if I just took Lamar Jackson the year of his MVP season. And he not saying that we're going to expect anything from Trey like that, but it really, if you get that quarterback that's going past 10 for the position deep in the draft and they perform like a top five, three guy, like it just elevates everything on your team so much because you've been able to focus on stacking up it's like almost like it's almost like hitting on a a first round quarterback when you already have a really good roster around like you've already built out your whole team you have all the the pieces in place now you have the young guy you you throw in there then he actually plays up to to uh, how everything you could have possibly expected it has that little kind of feel and that we see the value that has for real uh, non-fantasy football with you know have a, a, a hold a, have depth and have the quarterback position held down by a guy that is paid uh, far below what the value they bring and that's kind of how you have to think about it your draft value that you're giving him given where he could end up I, I agree that's a guy that people will be like yeah last year they stashed him it didn't work out whatever now they're kind of like skeptical like i don't know what's going to happen then next thing you know they're going to look back at who they drafted right in that range and i'd have to look at the the list uh if i can find trey quickly on here let's see who he's going around he's got yeah i mean like you could end up taking Kadarius tony or <laughs> or yeah. uh, christian kirk in that range or whoever these guys are depending on what you need at the time and they could have fine years but if trey lance goes off you're gonna look back and it could end up being the difference between winning your league and not so i i like that pick a lot 
One more guy I'm going to throw in here. He's not my official pick, but I'm going to put Tony Pollard in this category. I think yeah. we've seen the reports. They want to get him more involved in the offense somehow, some way, and it looks like wide receiver is one of those things they've talked about, maybe putting him in that spot. Yeah. But I tell you, Dylan, I think that he – we've seen it, right? And that's why you, that's why Zeke is where Zeke is, right? Like he's not the number three wide <laughs> running back anymore. He's 16. Yeah. Um, and I think that's – Pollard is the kind of guy, and we we say it every year, you know, I think to me he's the kind of guy that will absolutely win the league if if that position opens up and he just continues because it's clear they want him to be involved and mm-hmm. so that may be someone that you know not necessarily you're going to start from day one but by the end of the year you may look back and say boy he was sitting there that's the best insurance policy you could have and maybe that's someone else I'd put in that conversation too. I, I like that a lot for sure yeah so all right official picks though uh, we're gonna go. Tyreek Hill, Trey Lance for me, Najee Harris, and who who, who did you say? I forgot who you, you said for your um, – Oh, uh, I said Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, that's <laughs> right. All right, so there's your there's your four guys. Um, focus on two. Uh, stay away from the other two and see what happens. So uh, there is our official picks, and there is a look at part two of our fantasy football primer. Uh, we probably mentioned hundreds of guys, it seems like, in these past yes. two episodes. So uh, plenty – to kind of uh, sink your teeth into there as you get ready for your fantasy drafts and all that. But, of course, Dylan, lots of coverage over Clutch Points to get everybody ready for the start of the season uh, so let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can go to clutchpoints.com to our NFL section there. If you search fantasy football, all of our fantasy rankings and player profiles and looking at the same kind of stuff with sleepers, overrated, underrated ADP guys, all those lists break broken down by position you can find in the fantasy football section of clutchpoints.com also the clutch points app our nfl section there has all of our written content but also you can follow all of the preseason and regular season games live so yep excited for we'll have just coming up your week two of preseason it's, it's nice having three weeks instead of four or like the last year like it again so uh, excited to not be too far away from from games that actually count yep almost there so uh, be sure to check everything out at clutch points and as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use search for stop the fast and uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time you're on